Hey, 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 how's it going out there, my mushroom lovers? Oliver Carlin here, and I'm the Mushroom Man. Now, I wanna to talk to you about something really quick, and it's I think it's really the biggest controversy in the entire mushroom growing world, and it's about grow bags and syringes, okay? So the big question is this. With over 10,000 different species of mushrooms, how do people that want to benefit from their various medicinal properties accurately identify them in the wild, grow them at home, or make them taste delicious without having to read confusing medical reports and possibly eating a poisonous look-alike by mistake? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Oliver Carlin, and welcome to Curative Mushrooms. Ever since I got started in this, I've had these things pop up. So let me tell you how I got started. So what ended up happening, right? I, I wanted to help sad people improve their mental health by growing happy mushrooms at home. And so the easiest possible way for someone to grow from spores was to get a grow bag and a spore syringe and inject it. Sounds easy, right? Well, it had some challenges, right? And what I really wanted, right, is I wanted, ideally in my mind, was you inject the spore syringe and it grows 100% of the time, beautiful mushrooms so that people can microdose mushrooms, they can get all these amazing health benefits from like depression, PTSD, anxiety and addiction and overcome things because the reality is this whole stemmed from people who were contacting me that literally were suicidal and they the mushrooms that they wanted, they couldn't get. And the only way to get them was to try to grow them themselves from spores, right? And the story, I could tell you a number of stories that got me into this, but the reality is that's where this all stemmed from, right? And so what, what I ended up trying to do, the first grow, the version one was injecting the spore syringe into the grow bag and it worked okay. But um, there was a lot of problems that could pop up, right? The bags would get contaminated or the spore syringes wouldn't even work. And it was always this weird game, like uh, pointing the finger at this guy or pointing the finger at, oh, the customer messed up because they weren't sterile or the bag was bad, the bag was bad. And if it was the spore provider would say, oh, the bag was bad. The bag supplier would say, oh, the spore syringe didn't work. You got a bad spore syringe. Those are always contaminated anyway. They've only got like a 80% success rate with spores. And so it was, it was always this back and forth. And it reminded me when I was in the Navy because in the Navy as an IT background, I, if, if my comms went down, I pointed the finger to radio. Oh, it must be radio. I wouldn't want to take responsibility, right? And so that, that was kind of what was going on. And so it was, it was stressful because I'm like, well, how do we fix this? How do we make this so that no one can point the finger and everything can just be perfect? That was my goal so that at the end of the day, you can get mushrooms reliably just by injecting a grow bag. And that was the journey we kind of set out on. And it started out, it started out with the grow bags. And my buddy Josh, um, really just did an impressive job. He's, a, he's an advanced mycologist. You'll see him in a minute, and he's going he's gonna to be talking. But he, he revolutionized our grow bags, like literally to the best grow bags that I've ever seen. We've been through four different versions. We used to do manure. We used to do a lot of different things. The bags we have now are the best, I think, you could get anywhere on the market. And so we fixed the grow bags. Now the next step was to take a look at the spore syringes, right? And so the spore syringes, now how do we get that perfect? So what I wanna do right now is I wanna, I wanna, I wanna jump in on an interview. My buddy um, Josh actually allowed me to fly out to Texas where we're gonna be meeting somebody really amazing that's gonna be helping us with the spore syringes. And I wanna introduce him really quick. And then after I introduce um, Nikki, 
I want to go ahead and Josh allowed me to sit in on an amazing interview where we get into more details about what is a good sports syringe? What should you look for? Why does it matter? Like, why, like how, is it possible just to get a bad sports syringe? And is there quality assurance that goes into this? And all these really cool things. So let me introduce Nikki, and then we're going to jump into that interview, and I'll see you there. So I'll see you in a minute. Tell me your story. Like, how did you, how did you get started into mycology, and, like, wh where did it start? So it pretty much all started about three years ago maybe two and a half years ago, somewhere in there, the beginning of COVID, it's all kind of, COVID's been a blur for everybody. <laughs> but um, I was just working at a, a small seafood restaurant and I ended up meeting my current girlfriend now uh, who had mushrooms growing all over her backyard. And I was over there one day and she was explaining to me that they were growing everywhere. And I was like, this is, this is cool. This is really cool. I couldn't believe that where I lived, they grew okay. everywhere. Right. They grew on the side of apartment complexes. They grew on the side of, uh, of, of schools. They grew on the side of everywhere. And so mm -hmm. I started, I used to ride my bike a lot back then. And I started riding around and picking mushrooms basically all day. Um, well, then the season ended. And uh, that was pretty much all I was doing because COVID had come on and I'd gotten uh, laid off, so I wasn't working. So I had a little bit of extra free time. Um, and so I kind of said like, hey, the season's over. And I was really passionate about picking them during the season. So I said I was gonna start growing them. And I went ahead and I, I went on to Facebook. It was, it was one of the places I kind of got interested in the first place. I think I saw someone else that was growing mushrooms on there. And, and I started doing some research and I took, uh, I took a couple months to get everything together. And I got some supplies together. And at the time it was, it was not an impressive amount of supplies by any means. I was working out of what's called a still air box, which is essentially just a plastic tote with holes in it. Um, and, uh, at that time, there was a, a ad up on a Facebook group called Spore Swaps, and they needed an admin, um, just somebody to help run the group. It was a really small group, and, and the, what caught my eye was they needed someone with a lot of extra time, and that was into mushrooms. And at that time, I had a lot of extra time, and I was into mushrooms, and, and those were the only requirements. So um, I applied, and I became admin, and that group grew really fast, and we grew with that group. Uh, it was a spore trading group where people could just go on there and they could swap out spores that they had collected for spores that people had collected in different states oh, or different yeah. counties or anywhere. People were even trading internationally. It was really cool. It really uh, it gave me an idea of what the community was like. The easiest way to explain things, because there's no really simple answer to what are mushrooms or I what know. are spores, but a really good analogy that I hear a lot is if you were to think about a mushroom being the, the being, the, the organism, mm -hmm. you're, you're thinking of it wrong. The, the mycelium, which just looks like white fuzz, a lot of people have seen it when they pick a mushroom and growing right under it or mm -hmm. under the ground a little bit. Um, but the mycelium is really the entire organism. You should compare the mycelium to being like, if, it, if we were gonna compare them to plants, to being compared to like a tree. And you'd want to compare the mushroom to being like the fruit that grows off like of the, the apple tree. on the tree. Exactly. And you'd want to almost compare the spores to the seeds that are inside of the apple. Um, and it's a little bit different than that because with plants, we go ahead and we often have a tree will flower and it'll get pollinated and that's what will create the, the fruit. But with spores, spores need 
two individual spores to make a fruiting culture. So, and that's all they need. They just need to go ahead and have two spores germinate in any close diameter so that they're able to go ahead and link up and create a fruiting culture. You've developed kind of a, a good reputation in the mycology community since then, right? So you started back in COVID mm -hmm. and you've kind of, you've grown pretty big in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, when we first started, there was a lot of, it was, it was unusual. The, the mycology world has um, some high egos. And in the very beginning when we started, we had a lot of people telling us, you need to drop your prices. Basically, we, 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 had, we had some crazy mail show up a couple times even of people just making uh, pretty, pretty blunt threats saying that we needed to drop our pricing. Um, and I always kind of said like, hey, that's a, that's a silly concept. You know what I mean? They said that we would hurt the community by having our pricing so low. That we were hurt. And, and what they really meant was we were hurting their pockets. <laughs> yeah, they we, wanted to charge more. Yeah, exactly. We weren't, right. no one in the community is, is complaining about yeah, getting affordable yeah, yeah. spores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, no, we were talking about how you've been able to develop kind of a reputation oh, so almost of, overnight in the mycology Yeah, community. one of the things that, that we do is we're really hands-on with our customers. So if a customer wants to, I think just this morning at the hotel, I took a call with a customer who just had a question about his order. He had just sent an email in and said, hey, if you could give me a call, I placed an order two days ago and I haven't heard anything. And we put up something on the website saying that while we were in Texas, uh, shipping was going to be delayed by a day or two, but I don't believe he saw it. And so we, we're really hands-on. I think people really like knowing that they're going to be taken care of. And so mm -hmm. one of our things is like, if, if you're not happy in any way, shape or form, we will refund you. Mm -hmm. um, we will replace it, absolutely. But if, if really, if that's not good enough, we'll refund just about anybody. I would rather have a good sales reputation than possibly defend, you know what I mean, defend one of my products adamantly past, past a point that's reasonable. Now we know that a spore syringe, which is typically what a new person would probably use. Yep has, I mean, could typically, it could have millions and millions of spores in it, right? Yep, I think. Is, I was, the, is that what you even want, though? Because I know I've gotten a lot of spore syringes, as probably you have, and when I go to look at them under a microscope, sometimes I get these big clumps, yeah. and then there's almost like no spores in the rest of the solution. So with spore syringes, one big problem that people have a lot is, uh, is overloading them. So spores are microscopic, which means that they can't be seen by our eye. If you are able to see spores in your microscope, you're seeing over a quarter million minimum. A quarter million spores fit on just the head of a safety pin. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to see a black speck in there, that black speck right there could be divided up amongst that entire syringe. And it would be enough for that entire syringe to be completely viable. Right. So what do you think, like, has caused you to become, like, um, caused you to uh, get like this reputation in the mycology? Was it just the lower prices on the spores, or was there? I think it was the lower prices along with our transparency. The I transparency. Think, yeah, I think that from from day one, basically letting people know like exactly what we are, what we do. Um, that were we, many, many times we've gone ahead and we've sent products out, had to run a test mm -hmm. and had to go ahead and, and reach out to customers that hadn't even reached out to us and say, hey, 
we went ahead and we tested some of these swabs. Uh, the, these spores were contamined. Okay. Please go ahead and, and let us know if we can send anything as a replacement or let us know whatever we can do to resolve this because the product that you've received, okay. that you sent us money for, is not yeah. up to par. And that's kind of rare in the mycology. Yeah, it's Like a it's lot of people something... don't, don't try to make sure you've got good quality stuff, right? The fact they... that spores are inherently dirty is, I think, used as a cop-out for many vendors because it's something that we hear all the time. No spore print, no spore swab, no spore syringe can be guaranteed to be clean every time. Mm. And so I think that's a really easy cop-out. I think it's really easy for someone to be able to go, oh, well, you did something wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, Most I people that, want to point the finger. Exactly. Like, exactly. oh, you you weren't sterile. Exactly. That, that's what it was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And but I, you're taking responsibility. Yeah. If someone is not happy with our product, they can first they'll get a replacement because most of the most yeah. of the time, all they want is is their spores to work. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, all they're asking for is is the yeah, product that they, they paid want, for. Right? Yeah, yeah, and so most people don't ask for a refund. Most people mm -hmm. just want a replacement, which we usually will replace with more than they lost. If they ordered a swab set and it didn't go the way they wanted, we'll probably replace with multiple. We usually, if someone's upset, we send a pretty nice grab bag. People literally call and say, I don't see any spores in my syringe. Right? If you're seeing black specks in there, the truth is, is that uh, the the original spore solution that was made up and then pulled into all of these syringes mm. was probably not blended extremely well. Um, making a spore solution isn't just as simple as throwing spores into water. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into the sterilization process mm. of the water beforehand. There's a lot that goes into the process of getting all of those spores into the water. A lot of these processes, spore vendors keep to themselves. And I think a lot of the times that's just because it's not always a, a super um, fine-tuned process. Well, I think one of the biggest issues with spore syringes is contamination, right? hundred percent. And I think a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people think that a spore syringe should be sterile. And I don't think they really understand where the spores are coming from, right? There's no such thing as a sterile spore syringe. A sterile spore syringe would mean that the, none of the spores are viable. It would mean a, a, a spore syringe with spores that, that are sterile, that well, they're spore, not able to produce. Spores are coming from where the mushroom grew. Absolutely. Right? Which is not a sterile it's environment. It's impossible to grow mushrooms in a sterile environment. Right. So when we go ahead and when people print mushrooms, just typically, they go ahead and they set mushroom caps on foil and the spores mm. drop down. Mm. Now, when you're printing for the purpose of making a spore syringe, mm. there's different precautions you want to take. You wouldn't want to go ahead and have the mushroom sitting on the foil, the same thing that you're using to collect the spores. That mushroom has got, on the outside of it, it's got bacteria, it's got all different types of things living all over the outside of the mushroom mm -hmm. and on its flesh, it is in by no means sterile. And so you don't want to be setting that on there. And so there's a lot of methods that people use that uh, aren't quite satisfactory when it comes to making a spore syringe that maybe would work totally right. fine for a regular spore print. Well, well, another thing I liked about, you know, with your stuff that you were showing me was the quality assurance that you put in yep. to every syringe oh, every that you make. Yeah, and when I'm pulling a thousand syringes, I obviously can't check every syringe, but what I do is I check every tenth syringe in the solution and I confirm multiple drops so that I can get an average per drop. And when mm -hmm. I was originally talking to Josh, I remember the full, first time I was pulling syringes, I had a concern just because everybody kind of already thinks that you want just a syringe with 
tons of black dots through it. Yeah, and so, I get that all the time. Yep, and so I was, I was actually concerned. I remember sitting and looking at my syringes and knowing that I've checked them. I, I sent Josh probably 50 photos during the time that I was pulling and letting him know, hey, I checked another syringe. This is the picture, this is the photo, this is the spore count, over and over, because I just didn't want him to look at it and go, Nikki, these are supposed to have black flakes in them. Mm. And so I was very happy when I showed up and I realized yeah. that Josh had more of a background than I had anticipated and that mm. he immediately knew, oh no, we, we want blended. We want yeah. things mixed evenly to a point where you're not just seeing a few clumps in a syringe. Yeah, and you showed me under the microscope. And that, yep. you know, I think it'd be cool if we could jump over to the lab and I show think, people. I think that's what we're gonna have to do. Because it was so impressive to me when you showed me the clump. And I think it would help people that are watching this to Understand. see that because they can see this clump like when you showed me like there were spores here and then all these other drops barely any spores at all mm -hmm. except that clump mm -hmm. so you don't want a clump like no. you want them to be spread out yep you don't want and when you said that i was like oh wow and you showed it to me and i was like wow yeah it, that makes sense now what is the purpose of agar because we had just talked about contaminating the syringe and how even under a microscope you can't see it how important is it to use agar and, and what is it for so that they know what they're putting into the bag? It's crucially important. And, and the thing with syringes is, is there's just, there's no possible way to have a hundred percent success rate, which I think is why you guys, you guys include multiple syringes, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, that's and a, multiple bags too, because yeah. we want to, we want to give our customer the biggest probability. And of so being able success. to confirm which, you know, odds are they're, they're going to be fantastic either way, but to be able to go ahead and confirm that your syringe mm -hmm. is going to be clean before putting it in the bag, that's, that's a huge plus. And then being able to confirm, you could go ahead and you could use one dish and you could just do a drop of all three syringes on it even. And you could go ahead and you can confirm, you know. How important is that though? Because uh, to be honest, I mean, we have a we have a replacement policy, and I think a lot of people choose to skip that step, which we wouldn't we we can't replace a bag if they skip it. Yeah, I just want you to reinforce how important that step is because I know people it they is, get a grow bag, they get a syringe, and they're just so excited, man. They just oh, I don't need to do that. I'm just gonna go right into the bag, right? How important is it? And yeah, how important is it to not skip that step? It is the absolute only method to confirm you don't have contamination. There is absolutely no other way. So I'd, I'd say it's probably the most important step. So if I had trichoderma in my syringe and I inject it in the bag, the bag would be toast. Absolutely. But if I put a drop on the agar, it's now gonna, it's, it's gonna grow on there, right? Yep. With the mycelium and I'm gonna actually be able to see that yep. there's something other than that in my syringe. If there's anything else living in there, it's gonna grow on the agar. Cause like you said earlier, you don't just, throw it into, in, into a bunch of distilled water no. and hope everything works, right? Especially when the community needs this stuff. Right? So most spore syringes are, are made with just sterile water. And I'm not gonna go too far into this because this is, this is one of the reasons that our syringes don't clump and this is one of the reasons that our syringes are mixed so evenly. And by the way, almost every syringe I've ever gotten, I've had clumps in it. Yep. Like yep. from, and I bought and from the biggest vendors out there and almost everyone and you and I were actually studying under a microscope the other day. And I was literally showing you, right? I'm like, look, this one you can see it, this one you can see it, this one you can see it. And then we grab one of yours and I don't see anything. But then when I put it under a microscope, pooh, it's like, 
it's like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, right? Yep. And well, it's exciting. What part of that clumping issue is that once you have a clump established, more spores and more spores and more spores are just gonna get caught in it. Right. And you can actually get to a point where you have a reduced amount of spores in the, you should always have spores in the solution even if you can't see them, but if you get to a point where they're all clumped up, you could have an issue where someone is shooting in an entire milliliter, which you you could shoot in a milliliter or two, but you really shouldn't have to. Well, I was going to ask you, Half like, how much solution do you need to shoot in a bag, and does the quality of the syringe make a difference? It makes all of the difference. So with spores aren't sterile, we already know that, so it doesn't make sense to go ahead and put millions of spores into a bag when you don't need to. You want right. to go ahead and, and use the, the least amount of water in there. You don't want to have overhydrated grain that's sitting in the bag while the mycelium is still growing towards it. And so having uh, having a spore solution that, like for instance, this one right here, this is one of your older syringes, correct? That one's actually about a year old. Yeah, so you can even see, especially after that long, but, and you, I'm sure you guys can't see, but the clumping in here is, is intense. Um, this... Yeah, and the, when you get like that, what can people do? Because I know a lot of people are, you know, do. Two different things it. happen. I mean, One, I've you seen have... you shake the hell out of the thing. Like, what do you do to spread them out the best way? That's, that's one of the best methods. If you have a syringe that has, that has things in it like this, you really want to agitate it. You want to agitate it any way possible. So giving it a really good shake's a good idea. Um, I've actually seen people use those, you know, those vibrating muscle things. I was things? just about to say those back massages. Yeah, they'll turn them on and they'll and hold the syringe Or just it. tape it around to the end. I've yep, seen that yep. as well. I absolutely have seen that. Well, yeah. Like one of those sonic bath yep. things. Anything, anything, anything that's, that's going to give vibrate, it a good anything. shake or a vibration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably the best method there. The, the biggest issue with clumping is that you can have them all clump up into where all of the spores in the solution are just in a couple small fine point areas. Sometimes so I could, get it where it clumps all the way down at the bottom. Yep. And you could have a, a customer that's going ahead and injecting a syringe and waiting and maybe that first milliliter or so or two milliliters that they injected water. was just water and so now they're sitting there waiting and they might think to themselves well maybe i should inject more and the, and the truth because is they are looking and this is the, my yep. whole point to people that are watching this don't look in the syringe yep. and see a clump and try to squirt everything no. in until because i think sometimes people think i have to see spores go in yep and yesterday you taught me because when i when I do under a microscope, I do a big drop. Mm -hmm. I saw you do this little tiny drop, and we I was were, like, "I think we determined you're going to need a bigger yeah, one, probably a hundredth of a milliliter to a thousand. And man, when you zoomed in there, I mean, it was a micro drop. But I counted the spores, like yep. twelve spores. Yep. In, I mean, it was a drop like I could barely even see it on the slide. Yeah, way smaller than one hundredth of a milliliter. But there were eight spores in there. Then you did a bunch of drops and they were like right around the same amount. That's what yep. blew my mind is that in every drop you put on there, no matter how many, every drop had spores you in it. You need two spores in that bag, that's all. But we took a vendor syringe and it took us 30 minutes to find a spore. Yeah, and then once we found them, we, it was a very large clump, do you recall? Yep. It took us a very long time to find any. And once we did find them, it was just one large clump and it was in maybe the the 10th drop that we checked. Yeah, so again, there were spores in yeah. that vendor's syringe. But getting but it into the bag would have been in a, a challenge. It would have been a challenge. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Now, if anybody wants to learn more about what you're doing, um, how can they find you? How can they learn so, more about you? 
So you can always go ahead and get a hold of me on Facebook. I have a page, Nikki Myko. I have a, a couple Facebook groups. We have a Facebook group for pheno hunting mushrooms called Pheno Hunters United. Okay. We have a, a, a group where we sell spores and we also sell succulents called Free Market uh, Mycology and Succulents. Mm. And then we have a website as well, Nikki Myko's Market. Dot com and my okay. name spelled a little bit weird. We spell it N I C H Y. N I C H Y. Yeah, for N I C H Y. Yep. Okay. Nikki and then Myco M Y C O dot com. Yep. And then we have Instagrams as well. It's very easy to find us. Nikki Myco. I think right now I'm Nikki Myco two point one. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, awesome, man. Thanks for being here. And um, I know you got to head out to the airport. You're flying back today. So yep. I hope you have a safe flight. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, it was camp. a pleasure. I've never been flown out anywhere like this. And this was truly an amazing opportunity and truly a pleasure. All right, cool. So wasn't that an amazing interview? I mean, we've got, we've really just, what we've done here is we've developed an amazing team. And so I believe that with this amazing team that, that's come together in, this, in the Myco community, to help people with depression, PTSD, anxiety, addiction, to help them get an easy, simple to use growing system that they could get stuff growing for the first time reliably and build the confidence. And if they wanna go advanced, they can. And, um, and so I think we've, we've done it with this grow kit. It's the best grow kit that we've ever produced. And along the way, you know, it's been hard and it's, we've been through some challenges. It hasn't been easy. It's been a long two years and there's been moments where I thought about quitting. Because it was like the grow bags weren't working well, customers weren't happy, and it was hard to keep going. It really was. But the reality is we wanted to keep going for the customers because this wasn't about me. This is about the customer who needs these mushrooms. And so at this point, I, I think you should go get a grow kit. Go to um, offer.curedofmushrooms.com right now. Grab yourself an all-in-one grow kit and try it out for yourself and see what you think. So that's all I have. And um, we're going to continue to con we're going to continue growing our Myco community and our vendors, and we're going to be developing the best possible community for you. So go grab a grow kit and um, get your own mushrooms grown.